Bobby for Horror is my favorite podcast. And I'm Uncle Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Entertainment, along with my good friend, Handy Capable Toxie. And uh, we, we, you know, we can't wait for the next episode. you gore fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man not great brett why because <laughs> i watched this movie not great what did you didn't have a great fun time with this movie it wasn't no with and i think this movie i think this is a good movie i you don't feel great when you watch it though no, it always feels like you're not supposed to be watching it. It's like you found it in an alleyway, and you're like, oh, look, a VHS tape, and you popped it in, and you're like, oh, my God, what am I watching? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, I'd say. But, yeah, so, no, I, don't take that as Greg's going to shit on this, because I actually have a lot of really good things to say about this movie, but fuck, is it a downtrodden, depressing time. Yeah, it's almost like, remember what you were saying about Devil's Rejects, where it's like you love the movie, but it's hard to say you love the movie? I have that same relationship with this one, which is Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, yeah, from well, Devil's Rejects is where I love the characters, I mean, not the movie. Like, it's I love the characters, but I don't, like, idolize them. Like, that's how it's always tricky for me to say. Yeah, it's never, it's a movie I, I watch probably about once or twice a year for the last couple years when, since I found it. This is another Joe Bob find for me. Yeah, it's one of those ones, it's not It's not that it's not good, but it's just so hardcore. Like, well, what did you say uh, when you texted me that day when you were like, we're not going to do this one movie. Give me something that's super brutal. Yeah, I think the word I used was brutal, yes. The first thing that came to mind was Henry. Yeah, it made sense, because, you know, sometimes we'll do creepy, funny, like actiony so like you know oh well we haven't really touched brutal in a while let's let's hit that yeah and the first thing i thought was henry portrait of a serial killer which watching it again just you know right before we recorded this like i usually do it really still is like a hardcore movie and it's just like no one makes it out at the end well except for henry and we can raise the question does he even make it out well I mean, he's not well whatsoever. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, we'll we'll get into that because there's a lot of like cool things. I do have a question for you before we start this, though, yeah. dealing with my whole segment at the end, the count of the dead. Right. The beginning of this movie, there's a series of bodies shown. Do I count them? Yes. Okay, because I made two separates, in case, one for if I did, one for if I didn't. Okay. Because this is a movie, I would say, it's very literal, where what you're seeing is what's happening usually. <laughs> okay. But it was directed by um, John McNaughton, who also produced and wrote it, so we got the Edward Trifecta on this little fucked up movie here. I did write down Edward Trifecta. But we start out, and it's one of the weirdest openings, where like, okay, we get like... Did the music remind you of, like, Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit? Um, it is kind of whimsical and, like, circusy almost, yeah. Yeah, it's like that mid-80s kind of, like, you know, like, yeah. and we open up basically on there's, like, a dead woman laying in a ditch, 
and then she it's it kind of pans to her and then it cuts to like henry sitting at a diner having a pleasant conversation with a waitress but then it cuts away from that and it's like there's people dead in the diner so you're still already like okay what the fuck's going on we've seen more dead bodies and like scenes of our killer <laughs> well i gotta say too i what the opening of this movie i thought was really interesting because we immediately open in a diner and how many times have we said we love diners so much so i immediately got a little bit hungry for like bacon and eggs and toast oh yeah it gets points instantly you have a good diner scene i'm in yeah oh yeah i, I immediately like i want to go back to the blairstown diner and get that cheeseburger again like that was so good <laughs> So, like, it's funny that this was made in the 80s, and I don't think this movie could have, could exist today in the way it does here. Now, that's not to say there aren't still serial killers today, but you can't just be murdering people in cold blood in a diner. Security cameras are so cheap now. I have, people have them for homes. I have one for my house. Like, there's no way there's a business out there that doesn't have a camera anymore. Oh, God, yeah, and it's not even, like, this shitty, like grainy like shaky footage that they capture capture like bigfoot on anymore they have actually no. good cameras now <laughs> no it's like high definition for like 30 bucks now it's insane yeah yeah exactly this is definitely a movie of its time where like serial killers still exist but they don't seem to last as long and have like as long as a reign as they used to because there's just so many more ways for them to get caught this is back in the heyday for serial killers when they're still lead in the pipes and there's lead in the gas and we're smoking cigarettes and drinking beers all night and we might go kill a hooker <laughs> like yeah and don't take us wrong that's good <laughs> we're glad that you don't get away with it anymore but yeah it's definitely a different time right exactly this is a it, i look at this movie the same way i look at maniac yeah it's Which they get lumped little... together a lot. We should go over some like the controversy and shit before we get too far into it, but go ahead. Oh yeah, go ahead with that. Um, well, just like Maniac, this was one that they pushed hard against. If you notice, it's actually not rated R because it's not rated. They tried so hard to get this thing put out. No distributors would touch it. They finally got it into some film festivals and people left like pretty early on, especially this opening credits montage and just the bodies and everything. Pretty quick, you know what it is. And then the few people who stuck around to the end, someone went up to the director after that's like, well, you can't do that. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, there's no repercussions, nothing like that. He just got away with it. He goes, well, I did do it. I just did. But a lot of people didn't like that, that it was just no real conclusion. Like, oh, well, he got his. And the other big thing, people just didn't like it because it seemed too real. Not they thought it was a snuff film. It's not like the Cannibal Holocaust, Blair Witch Syndrome. But they thought it was too similar to a lot of real serial killers out there, so they were having a hard time getting this thing put out. Oh yeah, I mean, this is one of the most, like, because this is based on two real serial killers, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole. But this, the story of this movie is pretty different from what the, like, actual events were from them. But it's still that real feeling of it, where even if you watch some of them, like, hey, did you see My Friend Dahmer? No, I haven't yet. I know, but I read the comic that it, the person who actually knew him wrote, and then they made the movie. But no, I haven't seen the movie yet. Okay, well, it's almost like even that one. Like, it's hard to compare because it's like no, he doesn't technically kill anyone in that movie because it's like high school Dahmer. But it's yeah. like a movie version of Dahmer. No matter what, like you're gonna get 
no, even though it's Dahmer and it's gritty and whatnot, it's still a Hollywood production of him. So it looks polished and whatnot. This movie looks like it was shot on the same camera that they use throughout the movie the characters do, you know? Oh, this does feel really film school, doesn't it? A lot of it. Oh, and you want to take a shower because everything's dirty. Every room, like, they look like they live in the house from, like, Fight Club. You know, like... Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on Otis, which we'll get there, but, oh, man. The my most, God. That, I want to take a shower every time he's on screen. He's just creepy. Okay, oh, yeah. but, yeah, that's, I just wanted to talk about some of that stuff at the beginning and make sure yeah. we didn't forget it once we got into everything. Um, um, right after the whole diner kills, there's the woman, like, killed in a bathroom with a glass bottle, and then there's just shots of dead people all over the place. There's a woman dead face down on a pond, or a lake or something. Yeah, this is almost what I'm taking. It's like, I guess Henry did all this before he got to, like, Otis's apartment. I couldn't tell. I don't know if it is, or it seems like he's been there for a little bit already. I mean, some of, it looks like it's been over the last, like, I don't, I, you I'm guessing at least a couple weeks, if not a couple months. But it seems like this is what's leading up to him, like, living with Otis now, is what I kind of get the gist of. Fair. And, like, he's smart. He lives in Chicago, which is a pretty high crime capital, like, crime rate. So, with a part where he's, like, you use a different tool each time, like, they know, never, no one thinks it's the same person. So, he kind of has a good plan going for him. Oh, yeah, because that's how a lot of these guys end up getting caught. Like, not trying to give anyone any tips out there who are, who are having any kind of ideas. Don't even become uh, a regular killer. Forget the serial part, but don't even kill. Don't do it. Yeah, but that's how a lot of times cops catch these people is because they start using the same gun or the same method over and over again because either... A, they find that it's, like, easy or something, or B, they're like, okay, I know how to do it this way, or they just get lazy, and they're like, well, I keep getting away with it, so they get lackadaisical and whatnot, and they're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. There is uh, one woman at this that he, he's at the mall, like, scoping out different women to kill, and he follows one home, sees where she lives, but he sees the husband, and he just, I guess, isn't in the mood for that fight, and he leaves. Well, it's almost like, okay, she doesn't live alone. I need to come back later prepared to deal with, like, the husband. I took it as he wouldn't do stuff like that on his own until he later recruits Otis with him. Oh, no, because doesn't he kill her alone? Oh, does he get her late? Oh, that is that. I gotcha. Yeah, because he that's right before, like, any, like, he recruits Otis into his, like, kill team. (laughs) Yeah. So, I gotta say, because then we cut to kind of a little more of the meat of the story, because we meet, what's her name, Becky? Uh, let me make sure. I got my story. I have it written yeah. somewhere. Becky, yes. Becky, okay. So, we cut to her, like, moving back in with, at the beginning, like, dad, ex, or brother. I do not know the family dynamic here, because it well, was the most, they do not look close to sibling age. It's the most confusing, like, what the fuck is he to her? I know it's her brother now, but... Well, how Otis treats her, she could be any one of those things you mentioned. Oh, man, that's... It's fucked up. Who's more fucked up in this, Otis or Henry? Well, I gotta say Otis 100%. Like, Henry's fucked up because he kills people. Otis also kills people, but he also tries to have sex with his sister constantly. Yeah, so they're already even, and then you take it a little further. You're right, you're right. Well, even, how many times did Henry, like, Otis would start touching on his sister, and Henry would, like, start being like, 
beat the shit out of him and be like, stop doing that. That's your sister. Like, yeah, even Henry has a like plateau of like, I will only go this far. Like, don't do that. Yeah, standards, damn it. Also, yeah. if you're listening and have never seen this movie, Henry is Michael Rooker again. Yeah, we're right back on Michael Rooker after just a week off. <laughs> yeah, um, this was one of his first roles. He applied for, he auditioned for the role in an outfit after work because he was a janitor. So he wore his jumpsuit, and that's actually the jumpsuit he wears like in certain scenes in this movie. Oh, that's cool. Uh, my first exposure to this movie was actually to bring it back to one of the first thing like a staple of this podcast is tell him Steve Dave when yeah. Johnson was talking about meeting Michael Rooker on the set of mall rats. And the first thing he said was like, Hey, I love Henry portrait of a serial killer. And that was early on in the podcast. And I, I remember like my ears perked up and I was like, Oh, Brian Johnson likes this, likes this movie. I got to check this out. And I watched it and I was like, okay, I can see how he made vulgar, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's something. Yeah, that that'd be a not a fun double feature, but an appropriate one. Oh yeah, you <laughs> wanted a triple feature, do Maniac, uh Henry, and then Vulgar, and you're gonna wanna kill yourself at the end of the night. <laughs> You'll be like, Oh my god, is there anything good left in this world? Like I could watch Barney, and that's not a palate cleanser enough because I'm just sitting there being like, I bet you Henry's under that costume. <laughs> This Becky girl who's moving in with her brother, who's Otis, who we mentioned, it's Henry's roommate. That's how our three are tied together. Right. Um, yeah, we find out, like, Becky is getting out of, like, a, an abusive relationship where she has a kid that we never see. But the kid's staying at, like, her mom's house while she kind of gets her life together living with her brother. Well, thank God we don't see the kid because that kid would be fucking dead. Oh, yeah. Thank God there's not a kid or a dog in this movie. Well, there is, there a, is dog, a dog. And I was but, worried for the dog for a little bit. But Henry just said he was a nice little poochie and let him go on his way. Oh, uh, no. Henry was looking for opportunities there. You well, could tell it just didn't. The right one didn't pop up there. Yeah, he definitely looked for a minute. Then I, I almost get the thing of like, that's ah, not worth it. And he just yeah. keeps moving. <laughs> So I don't get what the fuck's going on in this next scene, Brett. Maybe you can break it down for me because I legit don't understand it. Henry gets a tip from this sleep, like money, a tip from this sleazy looking mob, mob looking guy, I think for exterminator work. And he tries to put him on retainer for him. What, yeah, what's this? It almost looks like, well, Henry is like fresh out of prison. And yeah. what it looks like is like you need to have a job kind of to have like what their setup is. So it almost looks like the job he found was an exterminator, and the dude was just kind of like, I have work here and there, but you seem like a good guy, so I'll keep you around. Yeah, and if he gets kept on retainer, gets paid either way, he has more time to go do killing. He doesn't have to work. Exactly. Then he goes to the lady who we saw earlier's house, who did not order the exterminator. It was kind of like, I didn't order a pizza, and I don't have any money to pay you moment for a minute. At least the version I was watching, you you couldn't exactly hear what they were saying. No, but, I couldn't in mind either, but you got the gist of right. what was going on. Well, it was almost like a thing of like, oh, my husband maybe ordered the, the exterminator. Yeah, sure, come on in, random man. Yeah, and then the next scene is her 
her body shown choked with cords, and I couldn't tell there were bruises or stabs all over her. I'm assuming like, stab wounds. Yeah, there were stab wounds on her on her chest, and there was like cartoons playing in the background on the television. Yeah. So Otis, who we've mentioned, is a gas station worker and also a drug dealer on the side. Yeah, where I love the little scene where like he's the gas station worker and the old lady's like, check under the hood, please. And he lifts the hood up and does what I like to do, where you just lift the hood up and you look at it and you don't visibly see anything burning. So you just shut the hood and it's like, yeah, it's good. And she's like, will you check the left tire as well? And he like pokes it with a pencil and he's like, it's fine. And she hands him like a 10. <laughs> yeah. Well, the engine appears to still be there, ma'am. You're fine. Yeah, there's nothing actively burning, or I don't see any belts that are ap- actively, like, coming off. So, you should be good. Get out of the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, this is the setup that he's the drug dealer, although you really don't need any of these scenes. Like, they don't come into play at all, but okay. I almost just see it as, like, they're just setting up, like, yeah, Otis is already a scumbag before he becomes, like, a murderer. Uh Like, he's already, like, a little bit on the path there, because he's ripping people off, he's selling drugs. Not that, like, selling certain things aren't terrible, but... Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, Lewis tells his sister that him and Henry met in prison. He's like, what do you do, kill his mom? And he goes, yep. Which, for the longest time, I think is a joke, because what are the odds she guesses the right thing right away? But, no, it is why he was in prison. Yeah, and then I, I I love how Otis tells Becky, he's like, do not tell Henry I told you because Henry swore me to secrecy and Henry's dangerous. Almost immediately when Henry and Becky are left alone because Otis has to like go do something and Henry and Becky are like playing cards and they're like, immediately she's like, so you killed your mama, huh? That's literally my next note after says Henry killed his mom. Becky asks about the mom. <laughs> Yeah, immediately. And you could definitely tell the look on Henry's face. He's like, I'm going to fucking, like, at least punch Otis in the belly later. For, like, I told you that in confidence, man. Like, we were, like, in jail together. Like, I'm guessing they were. (laughs) That's what they say they meant, yeah. Yeah. It's weird seeing Rooker with a full head of hair, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, like, curly, like, dark hair. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, it's not what I would have expected in the slightest. No. You know what's weird? I think Michael Rooker is a guy who, I love his stuff, but he's not a great actor, but I'll back this up. But he knows how to change his one style he can do, the slightest, to where all of his characters still feel different, even though he's essentially doing the same thing for everyone. Because you take Mr. Svenning, um, (laughs) Grant Grant, uh, Yondu from Guardians, and even Henry, they're all kind of the same, he just slightly changes tone on all of them, and that's his shtick and has worked for him and hats off to the guy i agree but like you were saying some people do that and it doesn't work where it's like they're always the exact same character no matter what kind of movie they're in he's he can change it up and at least he it usually seems like he's cast really well for a certain kind of character because like yondu he has a good heart but he's still like a scumbag you know yeah and he's kind of like Danny Trejo, I guess. He'd be another guy like that. Yeah, I would agree. Where, like, they know what to do with, like, that kind of actor. And even, like, when I liked The Walking Dead and he played Merle, he was so great as that character, you know? Even when it yeah. went, like, over the top and he had, like, a knife hand. He still pulled it <laughs> off as, like, a badass, you know? 
Oh man, I remember when that show was good. So long ago. I fucking invested so much fucking money in that show with comic books and action figures and oh, I remember you had a big collection. Oh, I it still makes me sick. I still have most of that shit because nobody wants to buy it anymore. <laughs> but yeah, we found out his mother was a whore, like a legitimate whore. She was abusive to him, used to make him watch and stuff. Creepy. Um, the weapon in his story about how he killed her keeps changing, though. So something shifty. I don't even know if he actually killed his mom. That's They never they leave it open-ended, kind of. It's how I got these scars story for him. You know, you never yeah. really get the full answer to it. Right. Well, he, like, he, I would take it as he definitely killed his mom, but he tries not to, like, think about it too much. So, yeah. like, and he almost is just a pathological liar where he can't help but change the story almost every time he tells it. So where, who knows even if he remembers how he did it anymore. Next is the sitcom scene of Becky walking around Chicago to some upbeat bass music and everything going on. It, straight out of like Seinfeld looking almost. And she gets a job at a beauty parlor and that's pretty much all that. Yeah, basically just setting up that she got a job as a shampooer who Otis is like, you can get paid for that? <laughs> like, and we haven't mentioned this whatsoever. They live in Chicago, but Otis seems like he's from like the deep South. Like, I don't want to name any state in particular because I don't want to offend anyone unless like, because I'm from West Virginia. So fuck West Virginia, but anyone else like, but he has this like deep, like Southern accent like this. And he like tries to touch his sister and he likes beer, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, he is kind of every, like, southern stereotype rolled into one. Really? And his teeth are all fucked up and weird and whatnot, and he's, like, has weird hair patches. Like, he's not kept up whatsoever. It looks like he's never bathed. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And during that whole conversation where he's like, you get paid for that? He wouldn't know because he has a comb over, so he's not too versed in shampoo. But uh, Otis starts hitting on her, and he tries to grab her, and Henry stops him. The first of many of these kind of situations. Yeah, this is where Henry's like, don't do that to your sister, Otis. And Otis is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then there's like this weird long pause. And Becky's like, I don't mind cleaning up. You guys want to go get a beer? And this is another uh, one of many scenes in this movie where Otis is like, let's go get a beer. Uh, do you know why this one has a special place in my heart for this movie, though, Brett? Huh? Because this is where we're introduced to the Otis shiny shirt. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere. It's seen, it's this so, is incredible. It's so weird and out of place. It's like a David Bowie shirt. Oh, it's like silk and shiny and like all bedazzly looking. And he's like, okay. But nothing else about him has changed except he puts on the fancy shirt. No, this would be in like Dr. Frankenfurter's closet. Like, Yes. He looks so out of place with it. Because every other t-shirt he wears is a white t-shirt that's, like, stained another color. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Something about that just was, for this bleak, dark movie was depressing and funny. I mean, bleak, depressing movie was charming and funny enough that I got a kick out of it. I'm glad you called it as well, because I, I was watching it, and I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, when they go up to a beer, that means to them they go get some hookers, uh, Henry notice, and they park in an alleyway. And one, look, if you're Henry, 
maybe you don't kill this one before you make sure Otis is cool with the killing, because it doesn't seem like Otis is aware Henry is a killer until this very moment. And Henry just snaps one's neck in the back, and Otis, thankfully, oh, I mean, in real life, no, but for Henry's sake, is like, cool with it. Like, okay, and he just kills his. Well, that's not, could you imagine trying to broach that subject to your buddy? If, like, I came to you, I'm like, hey, Greg, what are you doing Saturday night? You want to go drive around and random, randomly kill a person? You're going to be like, fuck no. But, like, you have a better chance if you just spring it on them, and then they're like, oh, fuck, they just killed somebody. If I don't go along with this, they're probably going to kill me. Well, since this one's so tied to real-life crime, I don't usually like talking about it on here, because I like to joke about kills and stuff, so that's why I stay away from most real-life shit on here. But I won't even mention their names. You probably know who they are. There was a pair of teens who did something terrible in the 90s, and the two of them had to discuss it, and the kind of ringleader of the two of them had that same problem where he was trying to broach other people about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we killed all these people? And he'd try to judge based on their reactions if he should pursue it further. So you'd think he'd try something like that. Yeah. Well, Henry also, I think, is just so, like, out of his mind, but he doesn't know it. Like, he thinks he's sane, but he's so insane that, like, he imagines things in his own mind to kind of keep himself from knowing what he's done. It's what it almost seems like for me. Like he blocks it out from himself. Exactly. Where he, like at the very uh, first scene when he's talking to the waitress and he's having a pleasant conversation and then cut to there's just dead people laying there, you know? Yeah. What's the next? Oh, this is where on the drive and Otis is getting all panicky because he doesn't typically kill people. So this is a first for him. Oh yeah, this is when uh, he's, yeah, he's freaking out and then Henry's like, you hungry? I could go for a cheeseburger. Yeah, and what is it? They go, do they go get a cheeseburger or do they just cut back to, oh, we get the, it's either them or you speech, which is not true. I just walk down the street not killing people and they don't kill me. Right. Yeah, but they definitely do go get a cheeseburger because Henry gets a burger and fries, but Otis doesn't get anything. But it's like the girlfriend or wife syndrome where like you order something and they don't want anything. And then Otis ends up eating like some of his fries or like, no, I'm okay, honey. Like I don't want anything. And then it's two seconds later. Yeah. Can I have like most of your French fries, please? And I'm like, those are, that's my favorite part. <laughs> the next is great because it's where, um, Otis is watching TV at home. He's mad at his piece of shit TV. Cause it doesn't work. And finally kicks it too hard and breaks. It's like, I don't have a TV. I need a TV, Henry. Yeah, this is definitely me if my TV broke. I'm immediately going into, like, panic mode. Other than the fact that I own... Let's see here. Right now in my room, I have one, two, three, four... I have five televisions sitting in this room right now. But if I didn't have those five televisions in my computer screen, I would be panicking. What the fuck is this place they go to buy the TV? Like, could you help me out here? Oh, it's just, like, generic scumbag, like, alleyway, like, fat TV dealer man. Where he's just fat and greasy, and he's like, he smells like a cheeseburger. And he's just like, you want a color TV? That's gonna cost more than 50 bucks. Uh, bring it over here. I'm eating bacon raw. You know, like... <laughs> was it supposed to be, like, a seedy back thing? Or was it supposed to be a regular store? Oh, no, that's a seedy back alley. Like, you know those, like, storage units you can rent? It looked like he yeah. was in one of those. 
Oh yeah, I could tell that's what it was, but I didn't know if it was like the low budget of it all, and this was supposed to be a real store or not. Oh no, I'm getting that this is like a seedy, like, side alley, like, mid-80s store in, like, Chicago. Oh, okay. Where, like, all these TVs are stolen. Like, not, all of these TVs, like, fell off a truck, quote-unquote, you know? True, there's no like boxes or anything new so yeah yeah but yeah i love how they, they go through this whole explanation with this guy where he's like they're like we want a tv and he's like how much you got they're like 50 bucks where he's like well you can have that shitty tiny like uh black and white tv over there and they're like well we want color and they go through this whole like kind of like well there's this one there's this one you can buy a video camera that's 500 bucks and then he's like which one do you want notice is like or take the $50 one. And I love how the guy gets pissed off. Because this has definitely been me at like the flea market stand before. Where I'm sitting there trying to make a deal for a person. Because they keep asking a million questions. And I'm like, here's what I can do for you. And I am throw them out a great deal. And they're like, I just want that one comic that costs a dollar. And I'm like, why the fuck did you waste my entire time? <laughs> yeah, it was the original offer that was made at the very beginning. Yeah, I'm like, why did you make me go through this whole song and dance for $1? You could have stopped me. Like, that's one part. Like, the guy is definitely a scumbag, but I can, like, see his point of view a little bit as a, like, seller myself. (laughs) Yeah. When he's a dick to him. What are these things they stab him with? Because they kill him. Because Otis is still new into the killing game, but Henry knows right away. They're like little electric current testers or something. It looked like a soldering soldering iron because it looked like he was working on like a motherboard type of shit for like a TV, probably. Yeah, they stab and shock him with those a bunch of time, and then they break the TV over his head like glass down, and then they plug it in, and it's exactly how you're thinking. Oh, and it's one hundred percent reminded me of like. Uh, Matthew Lillard from Scream he said my parents are going to be so mad at me and they smash a TV over his head dude I just rewatched the original Scream on Saturday today's Monday movie holds up fucking fantastic I decided I was going to make my way through all of them I'm in the middle of the second one I'm like this does not live up to how great that one was I have a little because I've um been watching like different like reviews and podcasts and whatnot here lately and Wes Craven movies keep coming up and anytime one of his movies come up I always seem to sigh and I think I've come to find out I don't hate Wes Craven but I'm not a huge fan of him that's so weird because I think I love Wes Craven his whole style and everything I maybe that's it maybe you're just not into it but I've always really liked a lot of his stuff which is funny because how I always say I love that first nightmare and then not the rest kind of till new nightmare because that's when Craven comes back in. Right. Well, even um, like Last House on the Left, I could never finish because it's just too brutal and it's just too like it's too much of like a extreme kind of movie like that for me. Like, yeah, um, Hills Have Eyes, I thought was pretty OK, but I never loved. It's like if I never saw it again, I wouldn't be upset. Like, I like the first Nightmare okay, but I've never loved it, you know? Yeah, I think maybe you're just not a Craven guy. Yeah, even going to Scream, I've always been like, it's okay, but, like, I appreciate what he's brought to horror, but 
I just don't think I'm a huge fan of Craven. I'm gonna have to find something to turn you around. I don't know. That's gonna be my new mission. I don't know what else he like. What else is like? I the, his two biggest things are Nightmare and Scream, and both things I kind of go meh to. So I don't know. I find something. He did that one weird not horror movie. <laughs> we'll yeah. do that. How'd we get on the Craven? Oh, the TV smash over the head. That's yeah. where we were. Um, they also picked up a camcorder, which. Should be important, but not really too much. But back at the house, they're all dancing with the camcorder to send videos to people they know. And Becky and Henry kiss. That's a big deal. And Otis keeps trying to be creepy with Becky the whole time, you know. Yeah, and then Otis kind of, like, everyone's having fun for, like, a few minutes. And then Otis keeps, like, keeps sticking the camera in everyone's face. And everyone immediately was like, okay, I'm done with this now. Like, get the camera out of my face. Like, I said hi. Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're done. No, say hi again. Say hi again. Everyone knew someone like that. Oh, 100%. Uh, we get Otis at probation scene. And then he, back to him dealing drugs at the gas station, he tries to hic- hook up. He tries to hiccup. He tries to hook up with this young boy and doesn't quite work out for him. He gets punched in the face. I wanted to mention that scene where, like, the uh, before, like, the first scene we see him at the gas station, this, like, younger guy, like, I, at least I would say, like, his, like, he's, like, 18 to, like, 20 or so, I would say. Like, he's younger. I but think he's, he's in high school. To... No, because he talks about bringing to practice and everything. I think oh, he's really? in high school. Yeah. So I'm trying to give Otis at least a little bit of credit. <laughs> no, I think he's a pedo. Okay. So and Otis an incest, is... or I don't know what that word would be, but yeah. And he's when incestuous. Otis... When he when Otis can't fuck his sister, he's trying to fuck this young high school boy. Yeah, <laughs> but, so we're right. Otis is definitely the worst of the two of them. He is, because even I'm trying to like give him a little bit of credit, but yeah, I guess I missed that line where he's like a high schooler. Or he's going yeah. to practice or whatnot. But yeah, he, like he's trying to like I get it looks like he's buying weed off of him. Because at first yeah. you don't know what drug he's buying. But then when he hang, hands him the bag, it kind of looks like weed in it. You can't really tell. But yeah, Otis starts like feeling up his leg, which you start being like, okay, um, like Otis doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would be into guys. No, but I mean, it takes all types. You never know. Oh yeah, 100%. this guy definitely isn't into Otis either way. But it never comes up again, so it's a really weird scene for like Otis to be in that he starts like feeling. I mean, I guess like I don't know, like. He was in prison, and this was, like, the late, like, mid-80s and whatnot, so maybe he, like, discovered something in himself in prison. Well, I think Otis just wants to fuck anyone. That's why, like, kids aren't off the table for him. His sister isn't off the table. He's just a piece of shit, like, fucking weirdo. He's just horny. He just wants to stick it in what... If there's a dog there, that dog's not safe. Get that guy a fleshlight or something. Come on, people. Yeah, get him a real doll. Where, like, oh, well, like, that's... It seems like real dolls are, like, made for, like, Otis, because there's all these stories where, like, the factories got keep, uh, kept getting sent back, like, real dolls that were, like, torn to bits, and, like, the guts were, like, Oh, I saw that story, it. yeah. Was that a Vice story? Because I remember seeing that, too. I think I heard it on Tell em, Steve, Dave, but I'm not, but it was, like, definitely a real story like that, where it's just like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of these guys out there. yeah. But when he's all pissed that his hookup doesn't work out, he's back at the house like, I'm pissed, I'm pissed. And so him and Henry go out looking for victims, and this is the car trouble kill. They pull over and pop the hood and wait for like a good person to stop and help them, and uh, Henry gives Otis the gun, and he shoots him right there, and they leave. 
Yeah, another little weird situation where you're like, maybe don't always be the good Samaritan. Like, if you're driving by and you see someone, maybe don't always be the person to be like, I'll help them out. Maybe be like, you know what, I have my own shit going on right now. Yeah, I still typically will, whatever. I'm like, eh, I'm not in the best mood today anyway, whatever. Let's see, <laughs> yeah, let's roll the is, dice here. Like, are you, what's your, are, are you named Otis by chance? You're not? God damn it. Okay, I'll keep trying. <laughs> Like, you just keep stopping at car by car, like... Picking up every hitchhiker. I can't oh, no one's stabbing me today. Like, you hand them a gun. You're like, here you go. Just hold this for a while. <laughs> um, And then after that, we get what I think is the most disturbing scene in the movie. It's the home invasion kill. Yeah, it's really weird. And it's weird how they show it as well, because they don't show us the live scene. What we see is Otis and Henry sitting on the couch watching the videotape of what happened that they made and they just seem to be watching it over and over again especially otis henry kind of seems done with it but otis i'll say i don't take henry as a type who would even watch it to begin with but since otis was watching it they only have one tv like he's sitting there for the first time and then otis is like obsessed with it but yeah this is just fucking brutal like I don't know. This is I know this is the one that got a lot of this is why they couldn't get that R rating was this scene specifically I heard. Well, and too because it's like the mom and dad, like the mom's getting like completely like brutalized, the dad's like tied up on the floor, then the kid comes in and they immediately like snap the kid's neck and then kill the mom immediately and Otis keeps like trying to touch her and shit and he he's about to like have sex with the dead body and henry's like otis no bad that's a very bad serial killer no and yes, like Max a lot of evidence with a newspaper he's like yeah. do that also like rooker's a fresh actor at this point when he jumped on that kid i felt bad for the actor playing the kid because it looked like he's gonna shit kicked out of him oh yeah because it looks like he's like 14 you know yeah yeah, I don't think, like, Rooker pulls his punches too well at this point. You never know, though. Maybe he was, but it didn't look too great for him. Well, so much of this movie feels so real, you almost forget that it's, like, not a documentary at certain points. Yeah. Which, thankfully, because that this would be fucking disturbing for us to be covering. And, uh, yeah, like, oh, we're going to show this, like, snuff film. Like... Yeah. Next week on Throbbing with Horror. <laughs> <laughs> so... They're driving around, and Otis is hanging the camera out the window. Henry slams on the brakes. The camera breaks the front, and Otis just throws it out the window. And I thought this was going to be much more of a major plot point, didn't you? Oh, yeah, because there's a videotape still in the camera. Yes. And I thought that they were going to... first time I saw it, I'm like, okay, they're going to swing around and get, at least grab the tape. But no, there's just a videotape with who knows what on it. Like, at the very least, it's a videotape of these two guys stalking women on the sidewalk. Yeah, either way, it's not good. I think this was done to show how many close calls they could have been caught at, like, different things that could have led back to them that never did. Well, and that's also a very real, like, true serial killer type thing. Like, oh, yeah. Jeffrey, like, one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims, like, was actually picked up by the police, but then, like, was returned to Jeffrey Dahmer, who then killed him, like, hours later. Yeah, and Jeffrey said he was drunk. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is is my boyfriend. Like, we're just drunk. Here's pictures of us together. And the cops are, like, laughing about it later on the radio. Yeah, that's fucking 
terrible yeah, but yeah that's I this know. time period we're dealing with with like cops dealing with like serial killers and especially like weird sex crimes like some of these are yeah back at the apartment becky is alone with henry says she's moving back home and invites him with her he doesn't really give an answer but they'll come into play later um and but to celebrate henry goes well let's go out we'll have a nice steak dinner i'll think about it i got a new visa card i want to try out i'm assuming he stole it from a victim oh yeah that's what i completely because there's no way henry got a fucking visa card he definitely stole that shit (laughs) yes well now they hand out visa cards like candy but back then no right henry and becky come back from the dinner otis is passed out watching the murders henry thankfully has the common sense to reach around and turn off the tv Oh, yeah, because Otis is just extremely reckless at this point, where, like you said, he passed out on in their apartment that he shares with his sister and Henry. Like, his sis- the sister has no idea what's going on, so she could yeah. easily walk in to see this video of these two guys that she's living with brutally murdering an entire family. Yeah, I don't think that would go so well, because as, as far as she's concerned, she's only privy to one murder that ever happens in Henry's life that will come late. Well, and his mother that will right. come later. Exactly. But since Otis has passed out, we get this whole jazz music sex scene kicking off between Becky and Henry that's interrupted at first base by Otis. Well, and did you also notice, I see Henry, the entire th- movie throughout this, I was thinking, like, Henry seems to actually really like Becky. Which is why he never tries to make a move on her, because I feel like he knows in, a, in himself, like, if I try to have sex with a woman, I end up murdering them. I just know that in myself. So, if I, I really like her, so I would love to be with her, but I'm not going to make that move because I know what I'm going to do. Which ties it very heavily back to Maniac again. Exactly. Where he just, it's that serial killer weird sex thing where they can't like uh separate sex and killing you know after the whole interruption at first base henry just leaves for cigarettes kind of just to get the fuck out he doesn't really need the cigarettes type deal one of those like it's an awkward embarrassing moment for him yeah where it's an otis like opens up his curtain like her his sister's curtain door and it's like hey how you two doing you need a beer Am I interrupting anything? What the fuck do you think? Of course you are. Yes, we're about to fuck. I'm in my bra. Like, Henry has a hard-on. Leave us alone. (laughs) Did you catch the price for the cigarettes for two packs? No. $2.60. For two packs? Holy shit. And that's uh, Chicago, main city price. And I I used to be, uh, like, a pretty heavy smoker. Um, Like, I I was up to a pack a day at one point. And I remember being in New York State to see a movie at a theater, and I was out of cigarettes, and I stopped by a gas station. And this was probably in, like, 2012. Okay. They were $10 a pack. Yeah, it's fucking not two sixty. No, it, I, it, that's insane. If the cigarettes were two sixty <laughs> for two packs, I'd still be a smoker. You know? Everyone, everyone would have lung cancer. Oh, fuck yeah. You'd be like, why don't I do that? It's, you, they're basically giving them away. It's such a good deal. Why wouldn't yeah, I? I might as well smoke. <laughs> um, this is where he sees the dog lady, which he doesn't murder her. I think it's just because he didn't have a great opportunity to. Because like he was trying to, like, it looked like he was trying to plot out like a place to cut her off at and everything. And it just didn't work for him. 
Well, it, yeah, it almost looked like he didn't have a good opportunity and his heart wasn't completely like into killing her because he yeah. was almost just like because he, he, he kind of followed like he has like he t- pets the dog and they have like a few words back and forth and she walks away and he follows her for like a little bit down an alley and she turns and he sits there and looks at her for a minute. And it's almost like, nah, she got away. <laughs> Uh, whoever this actress was who plays the lady with the dog is clearly a friend of someone working on the movie because I'm not going to lie, we watch horror movies, we're used to bad acting. This was this was like a first grader play. Well, it was nice talking to you. I have to go now. It was like very much room dialogue. Oh, very much so. Very much of like, these are my lines. And now the lines tell me to walk away. So I shall walk yes. away now. <laughs> Exit stage left and scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, Henry comes back to the apartment and Otis is e- either raping or attempting to rape Becky. I'm not sure. I almost I believe he already he, is. He is currently having sex with his own sister against her will, which is just yes. like once. How many times has Henry said no Otis bad Otis every time he tries to touch his sister? Being like, that's the bad touch. Do not do that to your own sister. And Otis just will not listen, and he needs to be taught a lesson. Thank fucking God, Otis gets fucking killed here. Yeah, I was so happy to see Otis die. He's one of those characters, like, come on, someone fucking kill him. And Henry just runs in, doesn't he, like, fucking knee him in the face, like, instantly or something? Oh, yeah, he immediately, like, yeah, runs in, like, kicks him the fuck out, and then just immediately, like, kill. I forget how he kills him exactly. Oh, I got it, because they start fighting, and Otis is about to kill Henry, actually. He's on right. top, has him, and he's going to stab him with something. And Becky stabs Otis in the eye yes. with, like, a needle or something, and then Henry kills him. Because we get that really, like, it's like a half a second scene where you see the fake head get, like, the eye gets stabbed of it. And it's I love how they keep that sequence. How easy would that scene be to just cut that part out and just, just like, show her, like, Shoving the thing towards him, and then later his eyes bleeding. I fucking hate it. It's, uh, stomach they, they churning. Take, shit. They actually take the time to like show, like, oh no, like here's the like needle, like brush inserting into his eye. You know? Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, I don't like eyeball shit. That's my big one. Hey, I want. <laughs> I want to say you ask me what Brett. What's an extremely brutal movie we can oh, watch no. next? You delivered. I'm not disappointed in you. You did good. <laughs> I was going to say, I did not. I, I was, there's no way I disappoint in saying oh, no. Henry is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Otis is dead and Becky is rightfully freaking out because she has no idea what to do. And Henry just like business as usual takes the body into the bathtub and is cutting him up in pieces. And there's this wild scene of him just picking up the head, looking at it for a second, and putting it into a garbage bag. Yeah, almost like, okay, yep, me and you were kind of buddies. Now you're dead. Here you go, buddy. You know, like, yeah. he, it's it's only, like you said, he's no, he's so nonchalant about being, like, back to work almost, like, <laughs> I gotta make the donuts. <laughs> so him and Becky dispose of the pieces, they put the garbage bags in, like, some luggage, and they throw them over a bridge, and their plan is both of them to move in with Becky's sister in San Bernardino. And there's this whole, you want to listen to the radio? Freak out, freak out. A few minutes later, you want to listen to the radio? Okay. So she's kind of ride or die at this moment. She's on board. She's like, okay, we did what we had to do. Yeah, it's almost like, what else can I do? 
Then what? They check into this motel next, right? Some cheap little motel on the side of the road because they have a long drive. Right. Basically, at this point, they like she thinks that they're hiding out together. Like me and you are on the lam. Like Henry's only ever killed like one or two people before. He, this isn't like a normal thing for him. One hundred percent. She doesn't know that he kills like a person a day. Yeah, this is a isolated incident. They're just going to move past it. And almost like it's almost like, oh, my God, my savior. Like you saved me. It went extreme. But you know what? You saved me. Exactly. The next, like, she's like, well, you should get some sleep. We got a big day tomorrow. The next scene is Henry leaving the motel alone, and he pulls over, pops a trunk, and dumps a suitcase that's clearly stained red, and then you cut to the audio of him killing Becky. Only the audio, which is even more haunting and creepy, and so he couldn't help it. He just killed her, put her in the suitcase, and dumps the remains along the road, and the end. Yeah, and then he just drives away. And he gets by with it. Like, it's so... Uh, I think I love this kind of movie. I, I love this movie so much because I like serial killer movies. But so many of the serial killer movies are also at least half about the cops trying to catch the person. At no point in this ha is there, like, really any police involvement whatsoever. No, there's not even a news report or anything. But no. Another body found today, which marks the 18th, and police are instigating that they're in isolated, in you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it's not like Zodiac with, like, Robert Downey Jr., you know? Yeah. And, uh, what's his name? Uh, isn't Hulk in that as well? Mark Ruffalo? I think yeah. so. Yeah, Hulk's also yeah, I think. in that. It's a pre-Avengers Avengers. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's not anything like that. It's all just, like from the killer's point of view which is so like rare and just weird to see which is also just makes it a good thing to be able to watch you know and there's not too much of a plot to it it's almost one of those a day in the lifestyle movies which you know me and my love of clerks i love that yeah. kind of movie where there's no real plot it's just like here's what happened to these people from like this time period to this time period you know yeah so, yeah, that's Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, so should we get into our end of episode stuff, Brett? Yes. Uh, what do we got going on, Greg? Well, the Count of the Dead. So if you're new, every week we count all the deaths in the movie. And we add them to our grand total of all the movies we've watched. Last week we did The Lost Boys, Brett, which left us of a Count of the Dead of 444. You want to take a guess what Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer got and left us with? I believe... <laughs> um one dead body ah 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 two dead bodies ah 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 um i regret uh, naming that count of the dead so bad <laughs> i have to do it every like, time oh, no. i know i know <laughs> but you know what it also reminds me of is um did you ever see the pest with john yeah Ray yeah so the pest, yeah yeah where, um their opening shower scene when he's doing the stinky dinky he's like one stinky dinky ah yeah. ah ah <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminds me of every time. So what? Four forty-four. Hey, the four-color yeah. demons. That works out great with tone, Steve Dave. Exactly. Um. Oh God. Well, this movie has quite a few kills in it, but the, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm gonna say there are ten kills in this movie. Oh, you undershot it by a fair amount. Uh. Because I did ask you, are we counting all those bodies at the beginning? Yeah. That added to it. So we ended up with 15, which brought us to oh, 459. Wow. Nice. Damn, that's a fuck ton of kills. I mean, 
thinking back through, like even the family, that's at least three there. There's yeah, two in the there's diner. Three. There's two in the diner. There's two hookers. So there's lots of group yeah. ones, and then all the bodies at the beginning, and then all the other randoms throughout it. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, damn, that's yes. a pretty good kill count for this movie. <laughs> yep, so 459 is what Throbbing with Horror Count of the Dead stands at now. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> well, um, every week, Greg does his Count of the Dead, and I like to do my rating system, but like I say every week, I don't like to do stars, because Joe Bob does stars, and I respect Joe Bob too much, and Cisco and Ebert used to do stars, and fuck those guys, because they shit on Friday the 13th. Two middle fingers way up. Yeah, exactly. If you see their graves, shit on them. Um, <laughs> we do not condone this. If you do no. get arrested for it, we are saying this sarcastically no, and no, not an parody. instruction or a call to arms. That's a parody. <laughs> we have to cover our ass so much. <laughs> <laughs> like someone does it, and then I get a phone call. It's <laughs> just gonna get traced back to me. I've got to do PR work on this shit. They're like, "Are you Brett of? Are you Brett from Dimension Z?" I'm like, <laughs> "Why?" <laughs> and so I like to do something. I'd like to my do my own rating system. So I do one through ten of something from the movie, and I do not think about that thing until right this second when I do my rating system because I like to improv shit. So what would be really good to do from this movie? What's a standout thing? From this movie there's beers but i don't exactly want to do beers because that's kind of that's a little too on the head and whatnot um too much head on the beer yeah exactly he's it's otis isn't going good at pouring beers i don't know maybe videotapes because videotapes do play a factor in this movie it is your call it's your segment yeah, I'm trying, bro, this is a weird one. This is also a weird movie I was thinking when I was watching it. What do I rate this? Because it was so weird, like, it's such a weird kind of movie. Like you said, where it's like, I'd l I like the movie, but I don't want to say it's like, oh, I love this movie, you know? Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I'm going to say dirty t-shirts, because no oh, one... Oh, I thought you were going to go with bloody briefcases. Oh, that would be a good one, too. Nope, nope, I can't do it. That's why I wait till after you say it. But uh, I was, I'm going to say dirty t-shirts because nobody in this entire movie wears anything clean. Uh, Becky buys a nice I Love Chicago shirt. Yeah, but it goes inside that apartment, which immediately must <laughs> put like a layer of dust on top of it. Fair point. And it got near Otis, which immediately makes it smell of stale beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one dirty t-shirt, it's like shit stained, it's like blood stained, it, like someone peed on it, like you'd rather be naked than wear this shirt. Okay. Number 10 dirty shirt is like, you got to see like Motorhead back in the day and Lemmy threw his dirty shirt over a railing and you saw him do it and he walked away and you grabbed it and now you got Lemmy's dirty shirt. I like this. Okay. I want the Lemmy shirt. All right. It's so, like I was saying, I was thinking this entire time, I went back and forth with so many ratings with this movie because it's weird to rate it as a good movie, but it is. I'm going to say it's, I'm going to give it seven dirty shirts out of 10. Okay. I always have a good time with the movie. But it's always a movie that leaves you thinking, like, I need to watch something a little bit more wholesome after this. Like, I need to watch, like, Ed and Eddie. 
just like an old school like cartoon that's pretty wholesome and like nothing really bad happens too much. <laughs> I, I can see that for sure. I went a little lower than you, but not much. I went six. Okay. Um, just a few of the little things. Um, there's low budget, and then there's some poorly shot. There's a little yeah. bit of difference, and it wasn't awfully shot, but there were like where I said some parts of it feel very film school to me. There that stood out, but that didn't take away from the overall product. I, I like I said, I don't want to say I enjoy it. I thought it was well done for the most part, other yeah. than a few things like that. Uh, a few pacing things that were a little weird, but overall, I can't say that I regret watching this movie at all. I put it above passing, so for sure, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, I'm giving it six dirty t-shirts. I gotta say, yeah, it's weird to rate it, because at one point I was saying six, at one point I was saying nine in my head, and it was just like, I got I gotta look at it from like what kind of movie it's trying to be. And for what it's trying to be, I think it does a really well, like a really good job of like even the movie itself feels dirty. And like, oh yeah, we can't fault it for what it's trying to be because we chose to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's we knew what we were getting into. Like, <laughs> don't worry, it's not next week. We have Human Centipede on the list. Oh, we yeah. know what we're getting into <laughs> with that. But yeah, it's one of those movies where you got to look at it and being like, is it a fun movie to watch? No. Would I recommend watching it at least one or two times if you're a really big movie or horror fan? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 not required viewing, but it's recommended viewing. Exactly. Well, should we tell the people what we have next week, Brett? Yeah, what do we have next week, Greg? Oh, this If you're is... listening to this on release day, please look to your calendar and look at next Friday. Oh. You'll notice the date under that Friday is a 13. Yes, which is a very special date for this podcast. Whenever we were working out the schedule for this podcast, Greg asked, what day do you want to be on? And I said Friday, because I knew every once in a while we would hit a Friday the 13th. And it's been a very long time since we've gotten to talk about a Jason movie, Greg. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, we are doing Friday the 13th. Wait for it. Mm. Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, baby. Oh, oh and f- don't let Brett fool you, listeners. I didn't pick this because I thought there's no way in hell Brett would let the first official Friday the 13th with a Jason X, but be Part 8. Brett actually selected this. I did, because if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know that Friday the 13th Part 8 is my least favorite of the entire series. Malarkey. I won't stand for this. I put it behind Jason X. I put it behind Jason Goes to Hell. I put it behind every single one. But it's still... You said New Beginning wrong. It's still fun in certain ways. Oh, it's going to be a fun episode, too. Yeah, because even though I despise this movie, it's still a Jason movie, so there's still a part of me that loves it. Yeah, it's like, even the worst things in your favorite franchises are still cut above a lot of the other things. And it's got fucking Kane Hodder in it, so... Yeah. Dude, I think I mentioned this, but the picture I have signed from Kane Hodder is an image from Jason Takes Manhattan. I saw it, I'm like, I want that one. I know, because when you sent me the picture of it when you got it, I'm like, why the fuck? You you met Kane Hodder, and you got him to sign a fucking Part 8 picture. Jesus Christ. I, it's one of my favorites. I love it. I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be... It, this should be like an episode 25 or 50 or something, but man, we're getting it now. I can't wait. 
yeah, it's a very special episode because it's a Friday the 13th episode. So I believe I told you when we were, we had some scheduling conflicts. This episode got pushed back nearly a week. Um, I said, I'm, I'm starting to get really mad at Henry portrait of a serial killer by no fault of the movie itself, because that's in the way of me talking about Jason takes Manhattan. So it has to go. Well, to kind of tie this movie into Jason, the tagline is like, I forget 100% what the tagline for Henry was, but it's like, this isn't Freddy, Michael, or Jason. Henry's real. Is basically the just that you get from it. <laughs> yeah. But, so, man, next week is going to be a party of a time, let me tell you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, we get Jason takes a boat. And visits Manhattan. Yeah, and he visits Manhattan, a.k.a. Toronto, for well, about... There, well, we'll talk seconds. about it. There is a scene that actually is shot there. Yeah, about 30 seconds of a scene, and that's my favorite <laughs> scene of the movie. <laughs> I can't get any of this in now, because we're going to kill next week's episode. I was going to say, but, like, if we keep talking about it, I can't help myself. Yeah, but uh, make sure you come back for that next week. That's going to be a fun one. You have a week. Here's your warning. Watch it, because it'll be more fun if it's fresh in your mind. So go ahead and watch it so you can listen along with us. It'll be a very fun time. Oh, yeah. Um, I also just want to give a quick shout out to Razor Rob and the audio audio anxiety radio show for turning me onto Ice Nine Kills with the hip to be scared it? scared new song that they did on the new episode Razor Rob did because like I've heard of Ice Nine Kills but I've never really listened to them a whole lot and I wasn't completely sold on them until they did that little skit in the middle of like the have you ever listened to ice nine kills <laughs> not really it's like i thought the earlier stuff was a little derivative and they did like that whole american psycho thing and me and liz were driving on our way to pittsburgh while we were listening to it and i just randomly went like oh yeah this is the part where he's like hey paul so the very first time watching it i'm like hey paul and they did that and it went into that breakdown and i'm just like oh shit i'm a fan yeah, we we got tickets. Yeah, like immediately, Greg, like the next day, Greg's like, hey, me and Razor Rob are going to go see him live. Do you want to go? I'm like, sure. I will see you like fucking uh, hip to be scared live, you know, <laughs> like. Don't get me wrong, like a lot of this stuff's like stuff I kind of left behind in high school, that style of like melodic metalcore with breakdowns and stuff. But their stuff is all horror themed and everything. Like their last album, every song is about a different horror franchise. There's. Friday, Nightmare, you even have Devil's Rejects, The Shining, everything. I'm like, And their stage show, they do like the full like different things for all the movies and everything. And I can't wait. That's going to be a fun time. We'll have to record a bonus on that or something. Oh, 100%. Like, anytime, like, I'm a sucker for, like, extra stage performance. That's one of the reasons I love Ghost, you know? Yeah, that's it's why I love Rob Zombie, yeah. Yeah, the theatrics they put on to go along with the music. Like, fucking look at Alice Cooper, you know? Exactly, yeah. But that'll be a fun time. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a nice show. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. We're also, uh, today I bought my very first um, pumpkin spice candle. So that's oh, been yeah. burning beside me all day, and I've been smelling fall. So I'm ready for Halloween. This is fucking Code Orange, everyone. Like, the shit's in the stores. This code is Orange is a go, people. I got, dude, no joke, I was eating candy corn right before we came on because I found some. I'm glad you're a fan of candy corn too, because so am I. Oh, I get I won't stand for the trash talk of two things in my life, Brett. Anything else a fair game? No What's Friday the thirteenth part eight or candy corn. 
Well, I'm halfway there with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, make sure you guys follow us on all the socials we are on. There's a Facebook group, Throbbing with Horror. We're on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. I think that's it, right? Yeah, if that's you want to listen to more of me, I'm on Mondays on Geek Positive. You can hear me talk about comic books and stuff. We'll be doing The Suicide Squad the Monday after this oh. episode drops. We'll be doing a review on that, so that'll be fun. Is that James and Gunn's Suicide Squad? Hell yeah. From Slither. And yeah. <laughs> the episode none of you assholes listen to. It's our worst performing oh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you listen to Rob, our good friend. He's been on this show a couple times on Audio Anxiety Radio Show. And that's all I got, Brett. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8. Jason takes a boat, and uh, we've left you throbbing with horror. <laughs>